are back, and this time with real NFL football. We are officially in point scoring season, and it truly is so exciting. Fellas, how we doing? Doing great. Really excited about, you know, we finally got football, like you said. We It's like, it's real. It's here. We've, we've had our excitement. We've had probably our fair share of teams that disappointed us greatly, but that's what it's all about. That's, that's part of it. Being uh, having teams surprise you, having teams totally slap you in the face. But uh, yeah, we're here. We're gonna we're gonna grow from it. We're gonna learn from it. Philly, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I feel like we we were talking about this in the group chat on Sunday, but it was like, man, we're we're so excited for Week One, and it's great that football's here. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, it Week One, especially in a 17 game season, really is like glorified preseason at this point. Like, the football for the most part is is not a fun watch i feel like there was really only you know there was the chargers uh dolphins game which was really fun i think the eagles pats game was was interesting wasn't i guess a ton of fun and then the monday night game i mean we'll get to to some of the news but i mean again that was kind of a stinker of a game but really really crazy game overall but i'm just happy football's back how are you doing colby Hey, before we before we get uh too caught up, guys, how does how's it feel to be one and zero? That's right. The how's Saints. It your, how does it feel to, for your team to be one and zero? Wait, Colby. Right. wait, wait. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my bad. All right. So the Broncos did lose, of course. It was a tough loss. Tough loss. We actually lost the same way last year, seventeen sixteen to the Seahawks. So. Yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, hopefully we beat the commanders this next week. Also, I live in Virginia, so if oh uh, man, I'm, surround- I'm surrounded by commanders fans, like everyone at work, and then also just everyone I go to church with. Like it's like literally like I'm in commander country. And so it I just really hope we win so I can have some bragging rights. Yeah. Uh, also, you'll probably be watching that game alone, I imagine. Well, no, we're having a huge watch party at my house. Like, and then, oh, dude, yeah, you're no, setting having... yourself up to be the pinata. <laughs> I know, but Reagan's gonna Reagan's gonna watch with me. Uh, we're the only Broncos fans. Uh, Let's in, go uh, in the state city of Charlottesville. So, uh, also, unfortunately, with real football comes real injuries. Uh, so yeah. Starting off with the biggest one being um, a pair of Achilles tears. Uh, of course, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, so sad, right? I mean, it's just oh my gosh, career. Um, really talented running back, obviously coming out of Ohio State, um, had a great rookie season as well. It's just really upsetting. And then, of course, uh, I think maybe I don't want to over exaggerate, but this may be one of the worst injuries in NFL history regarding like yeah. storylines and just you know I don't want to over overhype it, but no, it's just one of those things where this is going to be remembered for a long time. Like a very, very yeah. long time. This that moment when Aaron Rodgers, of course, tore his Achilles. It after four plays, just it's really heartbreaking. So, my question for y'all is, what do we do with these guys in Dynasty? I mean, that's it's really tough, just because like Dobbins, like, I mean, this is what his second like season-ending injury, second or third. I mean, like I know. He came back last year and, like, you know, slowly kept looking better and better. And, I mean, every time he's played, he's really solid. But, I mean, at at certain point, like, how how many times is he going to get back up? 
is is the question and uh and will he ever look like himself again with his achilles tear you know i've seen a lot of like overreactions on twitter where people are saying like cut him get a fourth for him and stuff like that i think at this point he's just a hold unless someone just wants to give you a second for him like i would take a second for him at this point any, but any second right any second Doesn't yeah matter. i think so i think so i i mean it's just this is like this is just such a a, a freak injury and um i want to say like achilles tears usually have a bigger impact on you than an acl mcl just because of you know where we're at medically with um those those recovery times but um i may be wrong on that but uh i just feel like achilles is just not a good look especially for a running back um, Joel, what do you think about Rodgers? I totally agree with you about JK, by the way. Just with people being all over uh, the spectrum as far as what to get for him or what to accept, right. it's it's really – you just kind of have to play it league by league. Um, but as far as Rodgers, if you have Rodgers and you didn't move him in the offseason once he joined the Jets, you were essentially saying you're going for it in your league. I don't think there's Hopefully. any reason you would have a 39-year-old quarterback otherwise – and truthfully, I think if that was the case, then you just keep them again. Yeah. Again, it, it, it basically goes without saying on this podcast or anywhere by now. But unless someone offers you an absurd offer that's in your favor, um, I think in this case you should hold. And you, I personally I said it earlier in the group chat, but I do think that he is the kind of guy who comes back from these things uh, kind of with a vengeance. Uh, like whenever he hurt his shoulder, he came back the next year and he was just a dog. Yeah. Um, of course, it wasn't because of the injury. It's because of how talented he is. Um, but I do think, obviously, he's older. That is a very sensitive injury. But, I again, I do think he comes back. He still has two years left on that contract. Yeah. As far as dynasty uh, managers, I think you should just hold. Because if you have him now, you were going for it. And unless it, everything was hinging on him, just hold. And yeah. uh, just get what you can this year out of your team and, you know, make the moves you would make normally. Don't let it all hinge on Aaron Rodgers. But as far as it goes with him, I, I wouldn't send him off. Not not yet. Yeah, I agree. The reality is if you have Aaron Rodgers um, in a super flex dynasty, you're probably relying on him to try to win. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. Um, so you're probably scrambling to find a quarterback. Maybe you could pick up a cheap one on the market. Maybe Zach Wilson will be out there. Baker Mayfield will be out there. I'm not saying to go out and get these guys, but if obviously paying for a quarterback and super flex is a really, really hefty price. So maybe throw out some offers for Dak. He's his value is really low right now. Daniel Jones, that type of guy. I don't know. It's it's if if you had Rodgers and you were relying on him, this is a very, really, 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 really tough. So yeah. And like you said, like the impact, just like even from just not a fantasy, a non-fantasy perspective, because I don't think any of us were thinking Rodgers was going to be a high level top 10 quarterback this season. Like, but we thought he would be a very serviceable quarterback, too, that has some QB one upside, especially on on some boom weeks. But I mean, this just really hurts. I, I think the the fantasy value of Garrett Wilson, obviously, like people are talking about that a lot. Um, there wasn't a ton of people that we liked in that offense just for fantasy, but um, that really sucks for for Garrett Wilson. And then then there's just all these other like all these other injuries are not seemingly like like with the J.K. Dobbins injury. It's like, do you really want to be starting Gus Edwards or Justice Hill? Like, not really. 
you know, those are guys that, you know, if you're having a best ball, it's great just because they, they might have some boom weeks. But I don't know if those guys are startable each week. You know what I mean? And now you, know, you might worry about just game script stuff with with Brees and Cook um, at the running back position for the Jets. And um, just just all these injuries just suck, man. I feel like there's there's way more big injuries um, this this year than than we've seen this early, you know. How about we move into some, you know, week one overall thoughts, maybe some um, guys that surprised you. Um, I'll start off by saying Zay Flowers really surprised me, Um, not in the sense of he's good. I thought he'd be good, but his usage rate was really, really high. Oh, yeah. Um, Had a lot of targets. Obviously, had 17 fantasy points in PPR uh, in his first NFL game. I'm just really excited about his usage. I want to say I think. This is probably an overreaction, and so y'all can make fun of me, but I think he's already the best receiver Lamar's ever played with in the NFL, obviously other than Mark Andrews. But if we're just talking specifically wide receiver, his route running is really, really nice. And just I was watching – so I do have a NFL Sunday ticket, so I was watching all 22 at work. Don't tell my boss. But <laughs> I was actually in a meeting, and I had it on the background. Um, and so – and, and I was just watching Zay Flowers. His route running is just so good. Um, and really, like, his his uh, after the catch, his target share, I just, I'm just really excited about Zay. Um, I think that he could be a, like, fantasy superstar. So if you if you can go get Zay, Zay Flowers, go get him. Like, because I think his price is only going to go up. Okay. Uh, off the cuff price check, any 24 first, or random 24 first. So I, I dude, I, I think I'm gonna take Zay. I really do. I I know that's crazy. Um, if it's a mid to late first, though, I yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna take Zay. I I really liked what I saw. I really did. Um, he just looks like a, an alpha type guy that is gonna play in the NFL for a long time. Yeah, yeah his play style definitely demands targets. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it, he he gets himself open. He has trustworthy hands. He's fast and he's quick. I mean, there's not, there's, there's definitely a lot to like uh, with him, and he's he showed it immediately, which is a great sign. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of the guys that that really jumped out to me, um, especially just like I think all the rookie quarterbacks, their stat lines jumped out, not always in a positive way. Uh, if you look at Bryce's, which you know, Bryce Young's like he, he doesn't have any good weapons really. I mean, just truthfully, at least right now. Um, other than Hayden Hurst, it seems, is his number one tight end. But 3.8 yards per attempt, two picks. Both of them were really staring down their receivers. And, guys, look, I know this shouldn't be a shock, but, like, he looked really small out there. Um, he looked very small. I'm not saying that he's going to be a bust or anything like that. But um, it is crazy that the number one overall pick has lost their first start. Um, the last person to win it was David Carr, which is a crazy stat. He's the wow. first. I did not know uh, that. Yeah, the last number one overall pick to win their first career start. Um, but CJ Stroud surprisingly looked really good. Um, I mean, I know that they weren't necessarily pushing the ball all the way down the field, but I mean, if you look at his stats and and you know everything, like it's pretty good. He took five sacks, um, so maybe he's the new Burrow with with that Houston offensive line. Um, but I mean, he was peppering guys with targets, and I mean, he made Nico Collins relevant yesterday or uh sunday and uh and nico might be not might be a sneaky flex play moving forward 
honestly. Um, and, you know, who knows if, if C.J. Stroud is, is really that dude, he might push him up. And then Anthony Richardson looked really good as well. Um, definitely showing the rushing ability, the physicality and everything. I was like, oh, man, he scored a – he threw a 39-yard touchdown pass. It uh, was a screen. But, um, you know, you do, have to, you do have to disperse the ball. That's your job as a quarterback. Just ask Tua. But, um, you know, he looked really good. So that was, that was exciting to see the, uh, the rookie quarterbacks coming out fairly strong for, you know, two out of three. Now, this is something that we talked about a little bit uh, while texting earlier today. But moving forward, how do we feel about starters and stars not playing in the preseason and this week one kind of becoming, uh, with an extra game added now essentially, um, week one kind of being a, an unofficial preseason game for these guys because they're not taking hits all offseason. They're not being touched all offseason. I mean, what's the most what's the most physical thing that's happened to a quarterback in the offseason purposefully? Maybe a coach swatting those pads at their arms so they don't fumble. Right. So I'm I'm really curious of what your thoughts are um, as we move forward each year. Our expectations for week one, um, because it's really easy to get excited about football being back. It's really easy to get excited about these guys who maybe. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett's, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but his perfect QBR right. in, in the preseason, and then we, we look at week one. And so sometimes, you know, there's there's a lot, I think, that a lot that's changed in football that's starting to affect us in more and more in fantasy, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah, I think, you know, the the natural thing for us, like I said, we're just super excited for week one. We're expecting this you know, great product and everything like that. And we just get a bunch of guys that are knocking rust off and, and doing stuff like that. Um, I think another thing that we forget too is game script. Just certain things as a football fan, we just totally forget about that. You know, we, we worry about certain guys, you know, targets or carries or whatever. And then it's like, well, look at the game script. Look at what the score was for most of the game, you know, and, and that determines a whole lot more than we remember. You know what I mean? Um, so it's just kind of like a recalibrating of, of our brains, I feel like, because our big dumb brains are just like, oh, football's on. Like, you know, every every guy, every alpha should be getting 12 targets and 100 yards receiving. And, you know, the fact of the matter is there was there was weather. There was, you know, knocking off for us. There was guys that hadn't taken any snaps in the preseason, hardly any in training camp and stuff like that. I'm looking at you, Joe Burrow, um, that just really derailed a lot of weeks and then you have you know josh allen for whatever reason just looking horrible um i mean jordan whitehead had more catches than you know drake london and uh and all these other guys but drake london t higgins and and there was one other guy that had like zero catches right that we were expecting but but yeah i mean it's just these guys are just knocking the rust off like you said like it's hard to to really overreact but we're going to do that as football fans yeah, shout out T. Higgins. I lost by five points in Zack Snyder Dynasty, and obviously he scored zero. So brutal. Uh, shout out to him. Yeah, super lame. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with just kind of what echo, echo what Philly said. But to be honest, no, I don't think anything's going to change. They don't want it. They don't want their players to get hurt. Yeah. So they're just going to keep on doing the same thing. Week one is basically a preseason game. Right. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and jump into a new segment that we're calling Fear Factor. We want to introduce it today where we talk about 
some players that might have put some fear into us, okay? So we're going to each discuss a player that we are worried about and one that we're not worried about. Uh, so, Joel, why don't you kick us off, pick us off with your first player that you are worried about? Cool. I'm going to go ahead and start us off with quarterback 21 on the week. He threw the ball 46 times for a whopping 232 yards. This is Kenneth Pickett, uh, Mr. Fake Slide himself. <laughs> uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. He also only ran the ball one time, and he got four yards off of it. Now, look, I am not blind. I am not just looking at the Steelers' box score. Um, I know they played the 49ers. I know this is arguably the best defense in the league. Uh, they are terrifying, and they would hurt me badly if I ever went on the field with them. But he also lost Deontay Johnson for a few weeks with a hamstring injury, and Deontay, before leaving the game, had a really large target share in the game prior to leaving. Um, and the rest of the receivers, as we know, as I've talked about, uh, I've not made it a secret that the rest of the receiver room is uh, specifically George Pickens. They're not separators. They're not guys that can just be in space and catch the ball. They're not guys that are going to be sitting in zones. They're guys that Kenny's going to have to throw the ball to and hope that they come down with it. And more importantly, he's going to have to hope that the ball gets to them to even give them that chance. Um, but hopefully the run game can open up when they're not playing the 49ers but I have really, you know, if you throw the ball 46 times, I'm really thinking you're going to have more than 232 yards. And so due to all that, I am really concerned, um, mostly because of the lack of consistency, not just with him, but the the players around him. And that's ultimately, ultimately what it comes down to. What about you, Colby? Uh, so I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. Um, so if one to 10 – you know, 10 being the worst. I'm I'm like a 15. Um, so I have pits in a league I'm really trying to compete in. And I I like I, I want to win this year. I my my team is ready. Um, I, I think at least he's my tight end one. Mm. And honestly, I don't want him. Now, do I think his talent level is incredible? I don't think anything has changed from his rookie season. I don't think he's yeah. worse. But the simple fact is he is not being used in a way that is going to be productive for fantasy. I finally come to terms with it. I'm probably the last person to. And it shows. And the hard part is Arthur Smith is so dedicated to this. And also they're, they're winning. Um, and I, that's like the toughest angle to come from. Um, Obviously, Drake London had zero catches. Um, right. One target, I think. Yeah. So they just don't care. And they're not playing. He also made a comment about something like, we'll let the fantasy guys take care of that. It's almost like he's spiteful. Yeah. In a way. So I was watching Pitts' three catches today. Um, that 35-yarder was sick. So, yeah, this... That's the exact one I'm about to talk about. <laughs> you watch that you watch that play and you're like, he's literally double covered. He finds the ball in the air, slides and catches the ball. The talent is just immense. Like truly, like he's so talented. He's yeah. so big, he's so physical. But it's just one of those things where it's just probably not gonna happen until he goes to another team. And I think he will at some point. But if you're a contender, 
I'm moving pits. I I I think it's time to rip off the band-aid. It's gonna suck. But um I'm gonna be actively trying to move him uh in in this league that I'm trying to win. Because he's just not helping me. He's he's actively hurting me. When I when I when I'm in the championship and I'm facing the other guy with Travis Kelsey, or I, or he has Mark Andrews or TJ right. Hawkinson, I'm gonna lose that battle. And that's a that's a position that I can count on as a loss if I have Kyle Pitts rostered. It's he's not a winning player right now in fantasy. Yeah. And it's just it's just times we I'm 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 worried. I'm I'm at the point and keep trade cut. His his value is still really high. If you could move him for Zay Flowers, <laughs> I know Ooh. I mentioned that. I would do it. So he's ranked above TJ Hawkinson. I'd move him for Hawkinson. I'd include a pick yeah. if I wanted to. Like you can move him for Calvin Ridley. Like I'm just saying, like, I don't know how attainable these trades are. I'm just throwing some out there. Yeah. Um, Brandon Ayuk. You know, like, yeah. So that's 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 just where I'm at with with Kyle Pitts. Verbal meme. Billy, this is one of the greatest, most athletic tight ends we've the game has ever seen. His only downside is he plays for Arthur Smith. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. It really is. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, I like honestly, Arthur Smith, like they just need to go sign like Malik Cunningham and just run the triple option, honestly, and and not even worry about throwing the ball down the field. Uh, anyway, I'll go ahead and, and knock out my guy that I am really worried about. And this was a guy I was really excited about going on, going into the season. I have him in a few spots and that is Antonio Gibson, um, going in with a new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Um, and you know, I know that Kansas city doesn't really, like we've talked about their running back room is, is you know, they, they shuffle guys in and out, but really, I mean, it's Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson there and, or so I thought going into the season and, uh, and man, I mean, his, his play this week was just non-existent. I mean, he, he was hardly on the field. Um, I believe he got, uh, out touched by rookie Chris Rodriguez, who was uh, fine at, uh, Kentucky, um, (laughs) when he was there, nothing special. And, and so the fact is like, he got, I think one catch, he had a few carries and I think he had a fumble in the second quarter. And the next time he touched the ball was, uh, a target in the, in the fourth quarter or something like that. So, I mean, just a horrendous week. Um, I don't know if it's a thing of riverboat Ron is just being super old school and it's like, you fumble the ball, you're in the doghouse for a little bit. Um, but just his his snap share uh his target share his carry share like it was just awful i mean brian robinson dominated um the carries in that game and then like i said chris rodriguez a, a rookie nobody is talking about out touches him in in his first career game um so this is just a really rough look for gibson um i do think that the commander's offense will be solid throughout the year you know we talked about sam howell in the last episode i do think he's going to continue to improve i hope but man, I mean, I just, I just don't know about Gibson right now or anymore. I think it, it may be like a baby DeAndre Swift situation where we're like, he's so talented, he's so talented, just give him the ball, and the coaches just don't trust him or aren't going to do it for whatever reason. So anyway, 
Uh, now that we got the bad news out of the way, the guys that we are worried about, let's talk about some players that we're not worried about rest of season. So, uh, Colby, who's your guy? Why don't you kick us off? I'm not worried about T. Higgins at all. We're flushing that week down the toilet. Yep. I, I mean, I think all the Bengals would be an easy answer here, but he had eight targets, guys. Like, T. Higgins, and also, I watched all of his targets. Listen, Joe Burrow's my boy. They weren't great targets. Oh they, no, like, he, I, was, I, I, yeah, he was. Yeah, I just rusty. But yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. My man yeah. signed that contract, and he's, he's, he's chilling right now. <laughs> I fully believe that Joe Burrow is going to come out with a vengeance next week and tear somebody up. I have no idea who they're playing, but the his quality of targets last week were not good. Um, no, and you know. He wasn't great either. I think that I know that there's like contract stuff with him right now that might be weighing on him is my guess. But what what can you do as a fantasy owner, as a fantasy player? You can look at trends. You can look at numbers. You can watch the games. A huge thing is if they're getting targets, then they're going to matter. So sure. Higgins has eight targets. He has... I just I'm not worried about him at all. If you have somebody in your league that's worried about him, bro. Oh, go, jump on that. Go, yeah, go try to trade for him. He's still any bingo, really. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Um you could throw in I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a good trade. So I'll introduce a new segment that I want to do. It's gonna be one minute. Um, but it's <laughs> called Flip the Clock. So uh, sponsored by Leonardo DiCaprio. Shout out to my boy, Matthew. <laughs> so one of my things I like to do in Dynasty is I like to take an older player that is productive and flip the clock and try to get a, a player that is younger that has similar production or is going to rise and start them. So I think a really good candidate, this is a really a lot easier to do in season because you're you're playing. Like people are scoring points. Way harder to do in the offseason. But... I think a good candidate for flipping the clock is Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans scored 18 points last week, coming off a lot of target share. He's still a very good player. Um, honestly, like a very dominant player when you watch him, but he is up there in age. He's uh, coming. He's going to be going to a new team next year, a new situation. Could be better, could be worse. Obviously, we don't know. He but could be a giant add, next year. Yeah, that would be great. Um, but if you can add a second and get T Higgins or you can add a second and get Zay Flowers or you can add a second and get, I would say Drake London, but nah, <laughs> if you can add a second and get Brendan Ayuk, if you could add a second and get, uh, did I say Jordan Addison? No. Yeah. Jordan Addison. You know, yeah. I mean, just one of those players, Jahan Dotson, you know, I'm just, I think that, that he would be a good candidate because I think he's productive enough now to where you can get something good out of him, but maybe in a year, maybe in a year and a half from now, it won't be the case. So I mean, honestly, there's there's a case that rest of season he's he's not this guy just because I, I don't think the Vikings defense is anything special, and uh, and look, I don't I don't think that Baker's gonna hold up for the whole year as far as like playing this well. He always comes out really hot. Uh, and then, you know, sort of peters off. And so he's definitely good. Mike Evans is uh, is definitely talented, but sell him, you know, right before uh, his daddy, Marshawn Lattimore, shuts him down pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the time to sell 
uh, him as this week because this might be hit this. He's very consistent, but like Philly said, with the volatility of Baker Mayfield, you really don't know how this is going to go. What if this could be a trade you could pull off? If you could add a pick and get Garrett Wilson, just because yeah. Garrett Wilson's on the downswing right now with Aaron Rodgers. People are so low on him that's right what now. I'm, that's what I'm saying. What if if you could pull it off, you'd be such a legend if you could turn Mike Evans into Garrett Wilson somehow. Uh, I'm just saying, just throw it out there. For what it's worth, um, I just ran it through, um, you know, for whatever, for all the things we feel about keep trade cut, um, it calculates uh, T. Higgins and uh, Mike Evans and a mid-25 first as a fair trade. So just kind of a general market, quote-unquote market um, price. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. And I, I, I think that that would be worth it, but it's that's – that's up to you, I guess, in your in your process. But, or I mean, maybe not even T. Higgins. If you get a guy like, I mean, I would like I would like T. Higgins, but you could tier down even a little less. You could get, only put a second and get like somebody like DJ Moore. Um, you know, you know, it's just like that type of thing. for sure. All right, Joel, who's your guy? You are not worried about rest of season. Uh, the player who I'm not worried about is someone who I I feel like I really, all offseason, I was pretty consistent uh, in saying that I wasn't really worried about the news or what could happen, and that's Brees Hall, uh, who finished as the running back 11 this week in PPR. He had 147 scrimmage yards on 11 touches. Uh, he didn't have the long speed to house that long run he had, yeah. Um, and truthfully, I don't know if that was fully because of the the knee injury. You know, maybe he wouldn't have housed it even before the injury. Also, there's a there's an angle we can take here to say that Garrett Wilson started celebrating too early and he wasn't <laughs> able to secure the last block, um, which is something that I'm going to take and run with. But the reality is, if you're running back uh, has an 83 yard run. We'll take that every time. We will never yeah. complain about that. And I do think that Dalvin Cook complimented him well. They, I think that the Jets' offensive staff um, handled the workloads really well. And obviously that 83-yard run helps a lot. It kind of boosts um, his score and his numbers. But I even even inside of that, I think he did a really good job. Or they they there was no like – there was no time watching that game where I was like, man, I don't, I think Dalvin might be like the guy this year. Yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, I'm just glad to say that I wasn't worried from the jump. And maybe that was just my over optimism because I traded for him this offseason. But it, you know, week one validation, I guess, if nothing else. Very nice. Yeah. He, uh, he, he looked strong. And, um, you know, I do have, I think, some slight concerns, but there's always, and maybe I'm I'm stupid just because I watched Hard Knocks, but there's like part of me that's like maybe maybe Zach Wilson will be serviceable enough for the Jets this year, you know maybe he won't be a, a total dumpster fire, but we'll see we'll see rest of season. Um, my guy is a guy who had a very very bad week, um, and everybody on Twitter is is in you know people's replies. Should I drop this guy for Puka Nakua? Should I drop this guy for uh, Tutu Atwell? And I'm like. Are y'all serious? And that's Christian Kirk. People 
are losing their minds. Um, look, I, I agree that the uh, the snap share rate wasn't phenomenal. Um, he wasn't in on a lot of two wide receiver sets. Um, the good thing is the Jags play mostly three wide receiver sets, and he's playing out of the slot. He got three targets, had one catch. Um, some of this was a little game scripty, kind of. Um, that game was actually kind of close late. But honestly, I just think that sometimes in this offense, like there's just going to be boom weeks for certain guys, right? Like this week, Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley ate. Um, but I'm, I'm not, like just from what I've seen from Christian Kirk and his career, the contract that they, that they gave him, um, the, the, you know, just consistency that he had last year with Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he'll have that same level of consistency this season just because of Calvin Ridley. And like I said, the volatility, but I think on most weeks, he's going to be a guy that you're, you're going to be fine with starting. Um, I I just think that this is just a, a random week that just happens to, to any of the best wide receivers. I mean, nobody's worried about Terry McLaurin and he got, you know, just a couple more targets than, than Christian Kirk, you know what I mean? And so like, I I just think that people are really overreacting, um, because Calvin Ridley looked so good, uh, which, uh, hand up. Are you shocked? Nobody on the pod is shocked. We were all banging the table for Ridley this off season. Um, but just because Ridley looked so good and because Kirk just did not have the targets, people are, are super worried, but I just, I don't think, I don't think he should be worried at all. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I'm not necessarily saying go out and buy him, um, but if you have him already, then I think it's a it's a nice hold. So what would you what would you say like if I have Christian Kirk or like I, I'm on I'm a contender, okay? I have yeah. Christian Kirk and he's my wide receiver too. Should I look to upgrade that position? If I'm a contender, if I really want to win, or is it? I mean, if Christian Kirk is your wide receiver too as a contender, I don't know if I would call you necessarily a contender. Just truthfully, Um, yeah, I feel like it would come down to ultimately. Is he more like a flex guy? I think he's a wide receiver three to flex guy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and also think it comes down to your league settings because, like, yeah, that's true. One of our, some of our leagues are three receiver and three flex. Some of our leagues are two receiver, two flex. So, like, if he's your wide receiver two in a deep starting uh, league, then obviously, like, there's there's places for your roster to be really strong. Um, But in a shallow league, you you know, you obviously don't want to depend on someone who can put up weeks like that. Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Let's do a little this or that, um, yeah. Because I'm just curious. So we talked about Zay Flowers a lot. So would you rather have Terry McLaurin or Zay Flowers? Oh, that's tough. I'll take Zay because I think Terry's hit his peak as far as like yearly finish. I also think Zay is in. He's tied to an elite quarterback. You know, even though Lamar didn't have a great week. Um, he's still tied to the better quarterback. Okay. And he's younger. Like significantly. Would you rather have Jordan Love or Dak Prescott? That's really tough. <laughs> That's I'm hard because if you say Jordan Love, then like if you put out rankings, you have to have him above Dak, right. you know. 
I think I have to stick with Dak for right now. Dak didn't have a bad week because he played bad. He had a he had a low scoring week because it was a downpour and his defense scored like forty something points in fantasy. Dude, I mean that was just a complete annihilation of the Giants on national television. Nathan um, skipped this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I'll probably have to go with Dak as well. I do think like he hit some like his touchdown to Aaron Jones, like if you watch it, that was literally just Aaron Jones. So he'll have some weeks where he throws a few screen passes that go for 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. But then I'm sure there's going to be weeks where he looks more like Rodgers last year where you know they're dinking and dunking on the field and ultimately they get down to the red zone and the touchdown is, uh, is you know Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon up the middle. So I think that the volatility, because that offense is so West Coast and not you know, really like wanting to push the ball down the field. Like they don't call a lot of shot plays and things like that, at least from what we saw um, on Sunday. I, I just think that I think that Dak definitely still likes to push the ball downfield a little bit more, um, which is more explosive plays, which means more points and more touchdowns. All right. So I got a few more that I'm interested in. Pat Fryermuth or Sam Laporta? I know where Joel's going with this. Yeah, I feel like I don't have to answer. It's Sam Laporta. Right? It's it, Sam it, it Laporta was, all day. It was Sam Laporta yesterday. It was Sam Laporta right now. It's going to be Sam Laporta. It's always been Sam Laporta. If, if, always, Sam, if, Sam, if, if, there's a, if there's a huge group, what is it? If Sam Laporta has one fan, I am him. What is it? How does it go? I can't, I'm butchering that. It's like if Laporta has 10,000 fans, I'm one of them. If he has 1,000 yeah. fans, I'm one of them. If he has one fans, I'm the one fan. <laughs> no i think so i do i i really like sam laporta um but there's just going to be growing pains with rookie tight ends i mean there there just are so i think i'm still going to go Fryermuth. um but i think i wouldn't be shocked if laporta outscores Fryermuth for the next few weeks and then once they get a little bit more healthy and get Jameson back. Now I'm not expecting him to be a massive part of that offense, but I think pretty much everyone watching that game could tell that they, they need more speed on the outside. Um, so I think Jameson will be a welcome sight for them once they get there. But I think, I, I think Frymuth will finish ahead of him this year and probably next year, unless Kenny Pickett falls off a cliff. I mean, I could also see a reality where, I mean, this doesn't have to do anything with Fryermuth, but as far as like Lions tight ends, I think that Laporta could bring a consistency um, that Hawkinson sometimes lacked, while I think Laporta will lack some of those 40-point weeks or 30-point weeks that Hawkinson was able to get. Sure. Yeah, I think the only thing is I that we saw like – not that Brock Wright is fantasy relevant, but he did get a couple of targets and he's they they like to run the ball. So he's the two tight end sets like and all of that, like Brock Wright's on the field. Um and it seems like Fryermuth, especially with Deontay going out for the next few weeks, I think could get peppered with targets. Uh Fryermuth could. All right. Daniel Jones. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. My, my man, my I'm man, Jones struggling. I'm in a world of hurt <laughs> right now. He's torn up. So I'll say this: I don't think, I don't think the Giants are this bad. 
I think that the Cowboys are like one, like Joel said, it was a downpour. And it was just one of those games that really just like, man, you get your drive and then you stall in the red zone and then you're forced to kick a field goal and it, get, it gets blocked and returned for a touchdown. It was just one of those things where like the vibes were just totally off. And that's a the the Dallas defense is really, really good. Um, and I don't know how many more defenses they're going to face other than Dallas's that are as good or better. Um, so because of that, I do still like Daniel Jones, but Brock Purdy just, I mean, he's just a point and shoot guy. He's with Kyle Shanahan. All he has to do is, you know, throw slants and crossing patterns and screens. And, and he's going to give you 15 to 20 points every week, basically. He he did throw a nice ball to Ayuk in the red zone. Oh, he did for sure. Like, but I'm yeah, just saying, like, I was, I was impressed. Regularly, he's he's not going to be asked to do too much. Yeah, now you're right. Yeah, I kind of where I'm kind of at is I I will I am really interested to see um, what Giants and Cowboys looks like when it's inside. Of course, then mm-hmm. again, the Cowboys will have home field advantage, and I, that game reminded me. That I don't remember what year it was, but there was a Super Bowl that like started off with a safety, and like it was all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So I, I, I was um, having fun. I was but, having a lot of fun with that game. But but, I wasn't. I'm not. I'm no longer having fun with it. <laughs> but but truthfully, I do think I, I do agree that Purdy is probably the guy that you you'll trust more. Like Daniel Jones last year looked really good in some spots, but you know at the end of the day, you didn't enjoy starting him all the time, and so I think that Purdy. Like you said, he has that Shanahan uh, offense, and you just get nervous that maybe at some point he starts to start doing things. Like he gets in his head, and he's like, I can make this throw, or I can do this because mm-hmm. we've been so successful. And uh, when, you've, when you deviate from the, the system a little bit too much, that's when you get in trouble. All right, I got a few more. Um, Tony Pollard or Jonathan Taylor? I'll t- Silence. Thanks, Pollard. I'll take I'll take Pollard. Yeah. Um, I, which is like I'll, I'll take Pollard for like now. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna put him, you know, dynasty rankings are so hard because how often do you update them? Daily, right. monthly, you know, season. Well, in uh, season seasonally. it's weekly usually at this point. Yeah. I mean, like honestly. Right. But then but then again, like you don't want your dynasty rankings to be based on a week's performance. So like yeah. but the reality is I think not only does Tony Pollard bring a uh, more of a pass catching presence. He brings a bit more of a consistency at this point um, with where he is. Uh, I know he's on the franchise tag, but like where he is and uh, he's on the field mainly. Yeah, I was going to say also, one. he's just on the field. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll go with Pollard for right now. Um, I do think JT is going to sub- like remind people who he is when he comes back. Hopefully he comes back this season. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pollard, I'll, I'll take Pollard right now because the best ability is availability and he's pretty good when he plays. I oh, think, dude. I think Stuff's also fun. with JT, like, okay, he wants to be traded, right? How many, truthfully, how many backfields or how many teams in the league would Baltimore. trade for, would trade for JT? Yes. Baltimore is probably at the top of that list now, but how many teams would trade Can for JT imagine? and then just like essentially saying we are doing away with the rest of our backfield or saying JT, you're never going to get what you got in 2021. Right. Yeah, no, there, I mean, just with the running back 
like the position where it's at right now that that's a very fair assessment of of the potential for him um i do think that there's still i think there's potential for the the eagles to say hey we we actually don't have a super consistent running back after gamewell already got hurt penny is apparently just you know nowhere to be found healthy scratch and then swift barely played at all right like so what's going on there um they they obviously have dumped a lot of money into their their roster so i don't know how feasible it is cap wise but i mean they could be a team that's like okay we actually do need to run the football and we don't really have anybody that can do that and then they make a trade or something like that and whoever they bring in if he's good if it's jt like dominates the backfield touches you got last one uh maybe one more this goes short but uh, we'll do josh jacobs or Travis Etienne? I'll take Jacobs. I think the talent is just better, and I think he's got the ability to um, just give you a little bit more. Obviously, Etienne has home run speed. Um, can he catch the ball? Yes. But ultimately, in that offense, I would I would prefer – I think uh, I'd prefer Jacobs because I think that he is more of a priority in his offense. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um it is close, but we also also need to remember Etienne is a little bit older than we probably think he is, uh, especially because he missed his rookie season. But I'll, I will go with Jacobs. Like obviously Etienne, I think outscored Jacobs this week. But I mean Jacobs was facing a, a good defense this week, and the game script was for them to throw the football a lot. And uh, but Jimmy G has as you know he's a dink and dunk kind of guy sometimes, and so. I think Jacobs will get his targets um, at a certain point, and then you know game scripts for them at a certain point. He'll be able to to run the football pretty well. Um, you know, if if the Jags are in a shootout, how how often is Etienne gonna command a bunch of targets and things like that? You know, or how many carries is he really gonna get? You know, especially coming up next week, which we assume will be more of a shootout type game with the Chiefs and Jags. Um, so it'll be interesting to see his usage rate in that game, especially. Yeah, I'm actually going the other way. I, I, I'd rather have ETN. Um, it's not by a landslide by any means. It's pretty close. But uh, I was impressed by his usage this past week. For sure. Um, I, so he had 18 carries and five targets. Um, that, that type of usage is going to be good for points. And I also think that they're going to be a lot better team than the Raiders. I know the Raiders just beat the Broncos and we might just suck it, but I think the Jags like have legitimate uh, potential to not only win that division, but maybe even have a pretty high seed in the playoffs. Um, so I, I, I'm going to take ETN. We'll do one more. We'll call it a day, but I have to, I have to include my guy Puka. Are you really <laughs> y'all's guy? So would you rather have Puka or Keenan Allen? Talk about flipping the clock. Yeah. Um, you know, that ultimately comes down to what your team looks like. I don't think anyone, yeah. you know, if you're a middling team, I guess you default to the younger player unless you want to just For get sure. the, the, you know, the bigger name, the better asset who's or who's been better longer um, to try to trade him again. But um, I don't know, man. I, I really – I don't trust Puka to do that nearly on a weekly basis. Um, but, and then, then again, you know, the Chargers offense added another piece. And so what happens if, 
you know, Herbert distributes the ball a ton and there's no, um, there's no alpha receiver there. So, um, you know, I'll just for the sake of the flipping the clock mentality, I'll take Puka out. It just straight up is really hard to say that though. Like it sounds really weird coming out of my mouth. Yeah. It, it probably wouldn't be straight up. Um, like a trade that it, it, it's not super realistic that you just need Puka for, but I mean, honestly, right. I, I'd probably take Keenan Allen, but yeah, I think I, but the only thing is if Puka really is this, you know, kind of like Marcus Colston type player. Yeah. Who like was a really late, late pick in the draft and just comes out and really starts killing it. I mean, like he had 15 targets and also not only did he have 15 targets, he looked pretty dang good with those 15 targets um, played really well. My other concern is if I think he's a weekly play of Cooper cup is out. Um, and yeah. so that may be longer than four weeks. So you never know. So it's true. I think if Cooper, even if Cooper cup comes back, he'll, he'll be a flex play baby, but uh, as, as definitely as long as he's not playing, I, I you want Puka in the lineup, I think. I definitely thought you were going to try to trip us up and be like Puka or Rashid Shahid. <laughs> well, who would you take in that? No comment. I'd probably go Puka there. I'm I'm going to go yeah, with Keenan. I would go with Keenan for Puka. Um, just because, like, man, this could be, like, Puka could be pulling a Hunter Renfro on us. Like, no offense to Joel here. But, like... This could be just simply, like, I know he looked good, but so did Hunter Renfro two years ago, or, you know, whenever that was. And look at what it's done since. I, I think that Cup, when he comes back, is, is going to demand most of those targets back. Um, I don't think that Puka is going to become, like, an afterthought, like, not playing. Um, but I just think that Keen Allen is the wide receiver one in what's supposed to be a really good offense. He had nine targets. Um, and you know, I think that, I think that what Kellen Moore and, and Herbert are going to get to is the basics of, Hey, let's get our best players, the ball and Keenan Allen's going to get the ball, um, more moving forward. So I would, I would still lean Keenan Allen, even though he's a little bit old. If you are a middling team though, and you are not contending and you can flip that, if you can flip that asset of Keenan Allen for someone like Puka, I think, um, I think that that's not a that's not a bad play at all, you know. And if you're a contender and you're like, you have Puka, hey, I mean, see, see, and try and flip him for what you can get. See who's really excited about the Rams' offense and Stafford. Uh, last thing, last thing that I want to uh, hear y'all's thoughts on. Uh, so we got two high-profile rookies, JSN uh, and Jameer Gibbs. So I'd like to hear thoughts on their week one. Uh, can we can we trust them in the future? Should we be going to buy both of them? Uh, I know that Jameer Gibbs wasn't on the field as much as we would like. Uh, JSN uh, didn't really light up the scoreboard. What, what are we thinking on those two players? Are they buy lows or uh, wait and see? What, what, what are we doing with those guys? I mean, I think uh, the hype on Gibbs has not slowed down, even with a uh... – you know, the box score didn't look amazing. 
but you talk about how elusive he was, how many broken tackles he had for, you know, for how many touches, for how few touches he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked he looked every bit of that early first round draft pick. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily think there's any buying low there. I don't think there's any concern. I do think that um, they will continue continually um, work him into the game plan and he will, you know, we, we said this before for other players, but when someone comes onto the field and they perform like that, eventually it gets really hard to take them off the field. Not saying he's right. going to become a bell cow, but I do think they're going to they're you know come to their senses or whatever you want to call it or you know just want to play him more. And uh, I think we'll get some of those big games for him. JSN, you know, it, it wasn't what you had hoped but I don't think the Seahawks really did what you had hoped. The Rams defense, For is, sure. they still have Aaron Donald. He's still wrecking offensive lines. Um, and so I think I think it's just a case of a, a rookie receiver, you know, coming into the league, figuring it out, coming back from a wrist uh, surgery not too long ago. So, yeah, Philly, what do you think? Yeah, and also, you know, Tyler Lockett and DK are both there. Um, so the fact of the matter is, is that JSN – if you're a contender, he's not really a guy that you want to be relying on. Uh, to me, he's Jason's more of a guy that, like, yeah, you're pretty excited about it. as a dynasty owner. If you're kind of middle tier or if you're just kind of like in a rebuild, you're pretty happy with him. Gibbs, I love Gibbs. Um, I tweet about him. Uh, I tweeted this out. Gibbs, he had nine touches, two receptions on two targets for 60 yards. Monty had 21 touches, no receptions or targets for 74 yards. Um, so 14 less yards on, um, you know, that many less touches. It's pretty impressive. Obviously, Monty got the 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 money carry and, and scored the touchdown, so his line looks better. But I mean, did anyone else get like flashbacks of of Alvin Kamara, like watching watching Gibbs? I mean, he showed way more power too than I was expecting. Like I was expecting some of like the spins and the elusiveness. But he was bouncing off guys. I mean, that was it was really impressive showing for only nine touches. Um, and so I, I'm I'm really excited about him. Uh, but I, I do think JSN could be a potential buy low just long term if you're uh, a team that is you know again looking to you know you have guys that like Keenan Allen and you're not contending. If you have some of those older players and you're not contending, um, if you can try and flip for for JSN, that's a great move. Um, and if you're in a rebuild and you have him, I'm still pretty happy um, with him just because I do think that eventually the talent will come out. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great debut. It wasn't like you know what we saw with Jordan Addison or or Zay Flowers. But I'm not I'm not worried about JSN. Awesome. Well, that is gonna do it for the Committed Football Guys podcast. This was a fun one. Um, really excited to bring this information and like just go through the season it's it's just really fun to be able to actually talk about what's going on on the field uh and with that i'm colby i'm joel and i'm philly and this has been the committed football guys podcast see you